Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this, and we've been saying it, but <laughs> the movies are back. What a year. What a year we are for movies, right? I'm not sure. Maybe it's just the, the lack of movies all last year, but wow, I am feeling. <laughs> this has been a year Like for the movies. movies are back. Yeah. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. And we really love movies, and this year has been such like... Kind of an insane year for me, just because, yeah, maybe you're, like, maybe you're right that the total lack of movies last year, other than a few direct-to-streaming yeah, yeah. standouts, and... Everything got delayed, and uh, yeah. everything you were waiting for just got put on Pushed. hold. <laughs> a year, year and a half back, we're getting yeah. all that right now, so maybe it's just because all the best stuff was getting hit. saved up, but I'm into it. This year is one of my absolute favorite movie years of recent memory feels like i'm just getting nothing but hits <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking about it earlier it was like back in april it was like i don't know another movie that's going to be able to do what nobody did in the theater <laughs> yeah right and then it's like ah, uh, i don't know i think the night house might be movie of the year oh, and then it was wow. like oh no now it's you know we just talked about Tatane and <laughs> yeah all this crazy stuff is coming out and uh man we got to see the harder they fall the harder they fall is Another number one movie of the year contender, I think, in a year that has had, for me, like six or seven sincere number one contenders. Right. You mentioned seeing Nobody. Nobody was the first movie you saw when theaters came back, right? Yeah, yeah. When movies were back, Nobody was what brought you back (laughs) and felt like a pretty solid number one pick. I loved that movie. I, you can go back and listen to our episode on it. It's just us mm-hmm. gushing over. <laughs> every, we loved every single thing this about that movie. Cool, and and then this was cool. And then they did this other cool thing. It's yeah. the dumbest. <laughs> and uh, But then you get this um, beautiful movies like Titane and Pig. Mm-hmm. Pig knocked, knocked my socks off. Definitely. That's when I realized, oh, man, there might be better stuff than nobody. But The Green Knight. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Dune. Cool stuff like Cop Shop, Candyman. Candyman. Wow, that's like 10 movies right there that are all home runs for me. Great theatrical experience. Pretty cool. And The Harder They Fall is my favorite of all of them. I've seen this movie three times now. Hmm. In the theaters. In the theater. In the theaters. Yeah, we, yeah. going. This is a Netflix movie, but uh, it played in our theater for like a week. And... This is the first movie I've seen in a theater that has the big Netflix presents. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> <Yeah>. like, huh. <laughs> the opening of a movie. Pretty subtle, just the red end, just right, right in your face. That's It's weird. And uh, I should have seen The Irishman, but that was a movie oh, yeah. that only played, you know, one, two nights. This mm. movie... I had enough time to see it three times. It got no time slots. No. One of those movies that is an independent, you know, some straight-to-video release that's getting limited theatrical. Wasn't even playing in SF. Mm-hmm. For some reason, playing in our town. Our town, baby. And, yeah, playing at 1 p.m. 
<laughs> no late night times. So we're just seeing it in empty theaters. And I was blown away enough to keep wanting to come back every few days and see this thing. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this is going to do because it just came out on Netflix. Yeah. So everyone can watch it at home. But I feel like Netflix movies, even ones with big stars, can kind of get lost or vanish yeah, it's pretty that, quickly. If they put up new releases... Depending on what the busyness of the schedule is, they can just vanish, get buried in the shuffle. Yeah, and you're, and, and you're seeing like A-list stars in these Netflix movies that then <laughs> like can become a joke if they're not really good, yeah. or just, just yeah, it, it could be become another one of those releases that just feels like a fake movie. But man, this is a movie. This is a movie. And this seeing it in vision. the theater was like immediately just bam hits you right in the chest. It's it's so impactful in every way. It was such a cool movie and this cast is insane this cast cast is is amazing yeah it's got nothing but stars cast not in just like hey it's cool we got all these stars to do this movie they wrote great parts for all these stars like felt like they were written for these stars right you know lakeith stanfield i cannot see anybody else doing his character jonathan majors who is kind of the straight man in uh, Lovecraft country. Mm-hmm. He's the main kind of every guy character for us. And in this movie is Nat Love. He's got so much charisma. The man can ride a horse and it's just like, oh man, did, did riding the horse get him the gig? Yeah. Because right? this guy oozes cool. It's just, yeah, everybody on screen I was just glued to. Yeah, Zaze Beats has this amazing uh, entrance <laughs> for mm-hmm. her character. Like, God, they must, this movie felt like it was just years in the making specifically for these people felt like a total vision. So the 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 thing of the movie is that it's a fictional story set in the old west. Yeah. But it's all actual people who exist. Actual black historical actual, figures. Yeah, black cowboys. Yeah. So we've got your Nat Loves, which everyone knows, and we've got your oh, Mary Del- Stagecoach Mary. Stagecoach Mary man. And Delroy Lindo, who is on uh, a great career run. The Five Bloods and oh, now yeah. This guy's crushing it. I mean, he's one of the one best. One of my all-time, so cool. all-time favorites. Been loving this guy since the 90s, you know? Mm-hmm. And Bass Reeves. <laughs> Bass Reeves. Are you kidding me? We got great sharpshooters in this. A great uh, Regina King role. Oh, yeah. Regina Treacherous King. Trudy. This is a bunch of great characters. Not just a bunch of cool actors vanity casting. These people feel natural in And these maybe, parts. yeah, Idris Elba, my favorite of, of them all. Because I'm so like into seeing him play a villain. <laughs> yeah, I was like, finally, this guy is just such a great Elba as a villain. villain. Man, always seems like three inches taller. His shoulders oh. always seem broader. This guy knows how to cast himself as a villain. Any bad man, Stringer Bell is mm-hmm. my favorite Wire character. Oh, and for sure. It was, that was when I thought he was a a native Baltimore actor. Right. Right. It's still, yeah, it's still hard to wrap your head around the fact that he's like British. Yeah. And wouldn't know it from, uh, from, uh, Buck. Yeah. In this, oh, God, what Buck. a villain. But yeah, I just feel like you see Roscoe him so much Buck. as the big hero. He does uh, both great. And it was he's just, a fungible actor and so fun to watch in all these different parts. Yeah. And this is one of his best. It's one of those movies where, I love all these actors that are in the principal roles, and it's all among the best I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And that's special. I was thinking, yeah, it was like one of those where they got everyone who's at the peak of their powers right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Totally. Like Jonathan Majors, yeah, just coming off of Lovecraft Country. He's probably maybe even the newest or you know yeah, least yeah. known and, yeah. of them all, but and he carries this thing easily. Exactly. I did not know he he yeah. was such a uh you know, the main character, but not the most showy character in Lovecraft. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. In this one, he is carries the heart of this movie and has such a cool, calm, tough vulnerability that just carries it through. But also like Total badass. Total badass. <laughs> I mean, a man, uh, a man who makes men quake in their boots. Yeah, a man with a with a myth, and he's a man on a mission. Oh, I it's like so the, good. The uh, the whole story is a vengeance driven plot of uh, his mother and father are killed in the opening scene when he's ten. Man, you know this movie and right off the bat really it's like, sets you up for what is going to be possible in this film. Right with that opening, when you, also we find out it's like a Lawrence Bender jay-z production <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's cool, a cool too. like going into this i i only found out about this movie to begin with just from looking at the release schedule like what's playing at the theater i'd never yeah. seen ads for it i'd never seen anything about this movie right and i heard heard it from you just so. <laughs> after i saw it was like oh my god we need to we need to see this together yeah. and we did and we did <laughs> and i'm starting I to see no things idea. about it on like coming to netflix or but it's like on Netflix only. It's like, well, it was also in the theater for a week. They should no have promoted this theater. I don't get the obsession with just making a movie streaming only and doing these no promotion theater runs. The theaters were dead all three times I saw this movie. Yeah. Practically empty. There was one guy there when <sighs> you and I saw it. That one guy. And I saw it alone. Mm-hmm. When I saw, it. and uh, so you constituted about fifty percent of this box office, right? This movie's total run at this theater, and this is just a knockout big screen movie. Right. This is an epic scope, big screen panoramic, beautiful movie. This is the best sounding movie I've heard in many years. Yeah, I feel like this movie just sang. The right? the gunshots off the canyon, the horses riding hard. You this feel is, these horses. You feel these squibs. Like, it's a squib-heavy movie. I, oh man! And they shake, man. The gun, <laughs> the, yeah, just the power of all the effects and the sounds. I was like, you can't recreate that at home. No, it is. I a, don't care how cool your sound bar is, <laughs> right, like, man? The 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 way they were able to do the surround sound of walking into the saloon and hearing the boots. I mean, it's just like it's one of those where you really appreciate like the technical, yeah, goodness. All of it. Of the, it's like really the cinematography was gorgeous. I it's one of those movies that sometimes I love so much about a film that I'll go doing dives into every single like what's this cinematographer done? What's yeah. the, what's this composer done? What's this casting director done? And this is one of those movies like I want to know everything about the brains that assembled this. Cuz this movie felt just perfectly assembled. Mm-hmm. Like this guy had been working on this idea and mapping it out. Confident you know? Yeah, uh, this had so much confidence for d- taking, I mean, a lot of interesting choices and a lot of <laughs> confident dialogue and stuff that could really sound forced, phony. Totally. And yeah. I don't think it sounded phony at all. These actors were so such good fits for their parts and really believed all this dialogue they mm. were saying that it just felt like such a natural fit. And I've seen these weird complaints. The only complaints I've seen about this are, you know, the real historical inaccuracy. <laughs> you know, right. those kind of weirdos. 
Like you said. Which the movie says right the up movie front. Says, this, this is, is a fictional, fictional story, but yeah, these but people these existed. these people existed. Yeah. And it is this great kind of once upon a time in Hollywood look uh, at these real people. thinking a lot people. about Lancer watching this. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. And I was just in for every minute of this two hours, 17 minute mm. long movie. The only reason I re- this movie really won out is I saw Idris Elba, Black Western, and it's a half hour shorter than Dune. Like, <laughs> right. I'm seeing a movie on a Wednesday night. I don't want to be there till midnight. Come on. Let me out at 1130, Man. please. Or, yeah, not even as long as the Bond movie that's out right now. <laughs> no. What's going Jeez. on, guys? So this one's like, oh, it's only two hours and 15 minutes? <laughs> right. Fine. I'll, I'll see uh, I'll see. harder they fall. And, oh, my God. I didn't know that I was going to come out of it with my number one movie of a great year. Mm. I loved it. I've been telling everybody about it. Let's talk about it more. Yeah. Uh, it Yeah, it captures you, like I said, right from the opening scene. Yeah. It puts you right in that Old West. I love Westerns. I love them on the big screen. I feel like it feels like the genre the- that's best suited for the movie <laughs> yeah. theater experience. And the genre that I've seen the least mm. in the theater. Right. I'm not getting the opportunity to see big screen Westerns. Most revival houses do big screen horror classics mm-hmm. and sci-fi and 80s comedies they aren't showing you know old django spaghetti westerns <laughs> we did see blazing saddles on the big screen <laughs> yeah, a couple blazing months saddles ago the only western we get to see on the big screen <laughs> there's no revival for stuff like tombstone and and young guns weirdly true i think it would play there's a walter hill westerns from the 90s you know that stuff would play deadwood was cool yeah and I love but, I love I love it all. I love the but old, the revival shit doesn't stuff. play westerns. Mm-hmm. And so when I get the chance to see a western in a theater, that's that made me jump. And it was good. This is my favorite western since In a Valley of Violence, which we've also talked about. Yeah, maybe it's the only other the, western we it's did. It's filmed in the same uh, location as that In was a Valley cool. of Violence too, but. That's also one of my all-time favorite westerns, meaning this has to be automatically one of the greats. I believe that. This movie got me three times to spend good money on it, <laughs> and I'd do it again. This is this had the same hook that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had in me, mm. and uh, same yeah. casting director too, apparently. Okay, cool. Yeah, seeing Lawrence Bender's name at the end, I was like, <laughs> that that explains it because yeah, I knew it was going to be a violent movie, but like. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be so bloody. This is a bloody flick. This thing is like... Like I said, the squib work in this is Squirting out the neck kind of blood. There's a lot of jugular pulsings. A lot lot of of pumping. (laughs) Yeah, right after we see this family... This this movie opens with a husband and wife getting double-barreled in front of their child. Yeah, a a woman at the dinner table is the first to go in this movie. I love how they don't show Idris Elba as the bad guy at the start of this movie. And everybody watched this movie knows it's Idris. Oh, I knew 100%. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that perfect beard and that, like, oh. Just that the just jawline. Yeah, jawline is perfect. And yeah. the fact that, like, <laughs> you don't need to show this guy. We all know who this is. Right. We know what he does. Yeah. And that kid, Chase Dillon, young actor, that, that was right up there for me. This movie's two minutes in. I didn't know if this was going to be a horror western like Bone Tomahawk because that kid was reaching Jacob Tremblay, Dr. Sleep levels of child 
terror. It was really scary. That was scary. Because, yeah, we see the woman get gunned. This, the the this dad, is... a priest, then gets killed. The kid's left at the table. Then he pulls out a switchblade. Yeah. And I'm just like, kid's face. I almost kind of turned to you. was like, what are we, what, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> the, what the hell, week, man? <laughs> the whole week leading up to us, I'm just like, can't what wait for you to see this, buddy. Here? You're going to be so into this movie. Then this kid's getting carved up right <laughs> after his parents are violently murdered right in front Holy of him. Holy shit, man. Well, he had to listen to his dad do this <laughs> incredibly affecting plea for his family's life to this mysterious stranger. Feels very violent, bloody uh, spaghetti western. Dark this stuff. mysterious dark stranger who they're getting yeah. people to plead for their lives. And then we get this great, we kind of get this Tarantino opening, but I think is excellent work for this movie when we get into our some years later. Mm-hmm. And we flash forward to that young boy with the cross dug into his forehead. That's an all-time great spaghetti western character, right. if there ever was one. Nat Love with the cross on the forehead. Iconic look. Yes. This I movie is it. filled with some iconic looks. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we see him as an as an adult. He gets to kill the man with the scorpion tattoo. The Old West Dark Gunslinger is a, just a cool Western and when character you're, for me. When you see the fat white guy just flying across the church <laughs> in a spray of blood from, from the force of the gunshot, I was, like, I was like, okay, we're in for it now. The blood in this movie is this thick, like, viscous, like gelatinous material there's always a lot of matter yeah in the blood (laughs) a lot of chunks a lot of like skin chunks and just like pink jello in all Mm -hmm. this blood Mm -hmm. real chunky blood (laughs) they fall man it it is that's how blood was back in the old west man liberal usage man people just drinking whiskey and eating garbage that love day. shoots this scorpio hand tattooed man into the air and then shoots him up like he's an empty can it's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just shooting him up with his with his six shooter and i'm like oh man i'm into this i'm yeah. hooked now they can't do wrong pre-credits oh the the role with the title coming boom gunshot man flying up in the air the gunshot up in the you know harder yeah it's like oh man this this gets me. That that definitely had that Tarantino vibe going. But this movie is the very, movie doesn't the movie doesn't ever feel like it's a copycat. No, no, no. it never anything. never feels Tarantino derivative at all. Right. Yeah. It takes some chances that I don't think Tarantino can or will make in mm. a lot of its stuff. Even though it has a lot of similarities, you know, the producer, the casting director, they've all worked on several Tarantino movies. So it's no accident that that has this flavor. Yeah. But just different, the way it branches out with its score and the evocative title of, you know, The Harder They Fall, immediately making me think of The Harder They Come. With okay. With iconic reggae Jimmy Cliff score, this gangster movie. And then to actually make it a reggae western. Yes. While yeah. invoking the title and nailing it. Damn. See, that's a that's a bold choice. Tarantino's soundtracks are always cool because they're filled with bands that you've heard of. Or obscure bands doing songs that sound familiar. Cool choices. Yeah. Cool mixtapes. But I feel like his recent westerns, Tarantino, you know, the Django and the yeah, the, he's borrowing old eight. Morricone stuff. It's a little you know, too yeah, like a little too it's going much for of a familiar choices homage. that sound cool. Homage, right? Yeah. Whereas this one, it feels very much like a its own 
Yeah, man. Just you know, choosing revitalization some, of the genre. Doing choosing its own reggaeton thing. over a cool western scene could have come off pretty stupid, <laughs> pretty dumb. Could have been dumb. I was di- I was was, I was not grooving. dumb at all. Yeah, yeah. I loved the soundtrack and thought it fit this movie so good. I did kind of start to laugh. There's one scene <laughs> right, where the, right. the music kicks in, where uh, all these guys on horses are kind of coming together. Dude, that's to my walk forward. Scene. That's my favorite scene, baby. <laughs> and the horses kind of start doing like a hip Dude. shimmy to the music. I was like, "What? Those horses' asses! How man. did they get the horses Dude, to dance? Those horse butts." The horses were dancing, God, right? That movie, wasn't just me. No, man, this movie gets it. <laughs> this movie gets it. The horses at least were swaggering. We could say this they, had, whole, they were every strutting. scene. I love every scene in this movie. <laughs> I love all of this. Two hours seventeen. We talk about Zaze Beats entrance as Steamboat Mary stomping her rifle Ooh. on the ground, getting that great one of my all time favorite move. saloons in the great Old West. saloon entrance, right? Yeah. That Steamboat Mary runs nice. a tight ship. Yeah. I was like, I'll drink there. I really like this character of, of of a reformed gang member now having a chain of saloons just in the uh, right. <laughs> in the in the Southwest. That's a cool Southwest character. And man, we get a great train heist. Gene Dude, King, yes. As soon as I saw a train, I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing train heist. That, like, getting that searcher's vibe of Trudy and her gang of horses approaching on the hillside at a kind of diagonal towards a speeding train, mm-hmm. already getting goosebumps. It's already hitting all the kind of Western vibes that I love the most. Right. But, the, but without feeling like it's just ticking boxes, no. right? Or just going through motions. Yeah, like, I'm not going to say it's this. It's like celebrating <laughs> all this classic stuff and then being able to. Give it your own, yeah. Version. I'm not saying this movie is the Searchers, but right, I'm right. saying that this movie clearly likes the Searchers and understands what made these shots work in mm. in the Searchers. They understood how John Ford shot the West kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. you know, I don't expect that kind of thing in a theater these days. I didn't get to see in a Valley of Violence in a theater. <laughs> Nobody saw that movie, and this is just. Like I said, man, CinemaScope, baby. Mm-hmm. That shot of her on horseback, branching out with all her men at that train. Oh, man, I knew I was hooked. <laughs> I knew I was hooked. And then we get the bulk of our white cast <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in a train scene. We get our representation, and it's beautiful. <laughs> this movie just is so great. This train robbery is a good train robbery. We don't get enough train robbery scenes anymore. Right? I loved it. It feels like that used to be its own genre. Yeah, man. Just the train robbery movie. <laughs> Lucky Stanfield is... There's few mm. people cooler in movies than him right now. I just want to listen to that voice. Oh. Nonstop. Buttery smooth. Just, just, just the way he effortlessly talks. This yeah. guy has such... Cherokee so Cherokee Bill's classic character. Great character. Cherokee Bill. The intro we get. The pre-intro I love in this movie. Mm. That shotgun intro where we get these great graphical representations of every cool character we're going to come into contact with. That was helpful, yeah. Because they were like, here's Nat Love. Here's the Nat Love gang. And and here's all the other people. Get that six shot of Steamboat Mary with her top hat pulled down over her head. and (laughs) Oh, Jim with his his tricks. And the whole butt gang. Cool gangs. Good gangs. Cool gangs, both sides. Both, Both gangs. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And every scene, the more we get introduced to these people, but Buck's gang's reggae entrance <laughs> into Redwood City. 
That's like my favorite movie entrance I've ever seen. I've never seen such swagger coming into town. It's I would get uh, ridiculous. Fuck out of Redwood City if that gang came saun- sauntering into town like that with those horses in lockstep, all moving their cheeks to uh, that perfect reggae vibe. <laughs> I never thought, like, man, you know what I would I would put here? Have the Buck right. Gang in a flying V rotation, real slow, like yeah. real swagger, and have those horses. I don't know, maybe shaking their butts to some uh, <laughs> slow, sly and Robbie groove. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. That'll be the best movie of the year. We could do that. It's insane how much this works. The the breakout of Idris Elba from this train. Mm-hmm. Lucky Stanfield working his way through these train cars of rich white people in the coolest ways possible. Talking his way through it. Talking his way through a car. Trying to kill as few people as possible. Doesn't want to kill. Doesn't, yeah. He's a... He's not he, a violent man. He is a violent man. He just doesn't <laughs> want to do violence. There you go. And these some people just keep making him do <laughs> violence when he's confronted by a young Confederate troop. This movie's, I guess, post-Civil War. Yeah. The, the real Nat I think Lowe they might have been like Union, a, yeah, union, union uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys in blue, yeah. And... Uh, Confronted by a young teenage soldier at gunpoint. Very young. Oh, Probably the, 15. The way he just keeps advancing on this kid. Talking his way closer. The confidence that this beanpole, tall, skinny guy, <laughs> is the scariest guy, man. Kind of lanky. Kinda, he kind of has this weird kind of lanky stride. He, these characters in this movie have to all be tough. They all have to be confident and con men. in what they're saying every single this movie is filled with 10 different con men who all need people to buy their specific bullshit and i bought everybody's bullshit (laughs) in this movie and just seeing lucky stanfield talk his way through a train car and that synchronicity of the whole gang pulling their guns on these individual you know men women and children Mm -hmm. saying if you shoot me we will kill everybody on this so cool. Yeah. It's like the coolest diehard, you know, Alan Rickman kind of <laughs> Only entrance, in movies. You know? it's, a, it's an only in movies kind of yeah. thing. Right? That's why anybody complains. It's like, that's not real. That didn't have it. <laughs> like, oh, nobody's complaining about Django Unchained being, nobody's sitting there go, with their arms crossed going, fake. Because <laughs> it's, you know, Inglorious Bastards didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Fake. Yeah, this is that. And it's great. It do, it's a criticism that doesn't make sense. Because when they talk themselves into getting 10 of these soldiers to put their rifles down by holding this boy prisoner, this movie has already killed women by shooting them straight in the chest Ugh. at point-blank range. Yeah. Shot a priest straight in the head. Shot a man out of the sky several times. This people has made already several instances of bloody death. And... When Regina King starts putting bullets into this kid. That was so good. I, oh, I was laughing man. so... Right? It, this it, movie has such a confident <laughs> sense of humor, and it always nails the tone that it's going for. Yeah. When Lakeith Stanfield kind of chuckles after she shoots the kid <laughs> in the leg, like, damn, Trudy. <laughs> yeah. He's like doing his whole bit. <laughs> yeah. And she keeps interrupted like by shooting the kid in his thigh meat. <laughs> damn, Trudy. <laughs> It's like he's breaking character. Yeah, exactly. She's having, like, she's getting too too trigger happy. Yeah. This movie, when it goes for jokes, 
It's funny. That's some inscrutable shit. That's inscrutable shit. Yeah. The timing on this plays out like an actual great stage play at times. Because some of the timing on these bits between characters like Cherokee Bill and Trudy. Yeah. There's a lot of good timing involved in this. Very stage play feeling. But on these great, perfect periods, New Mexico sets. And talking these 10 soldiers into revealing that they're transporting a troop and they're set up to release their baddest man in the Southwest, apparently. Mm. One of those myths where they're, you know, everybody knows that man. This movie's filled with people who all get to say, like, y'all, y'all know who I am. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about Delroy Lindo saying that. that. Oh, man. Y'all know what I do. Y'all know what I do. Give me that. Give me that. I have, oh, I need it. Two guns out. Confident as hell. The best. This movie is filled with nothing but confident people. Like I said, I bought it all. The reveal of Roscoe Buck in his prison shackles, in prison garb, it's like a Batman villain. Oh, yeah. It's like Killer Croc. (laughs) You know, getting released out of of Gotham Asylum. Like, it's... That's what's great. Like, Idris Elba can come out and just, like, have these jacked shoulders all of a sudden and just yeah, he man. just looked like a you know i just saw him just in suicide huge. squad where he looks <laughs> yeah. where he just looked totally different to me and then you see him in this movie this guy's on just... the office <laughs> he's right. just this this uh beast of a man you know he can't be that huge but he just projects size yeah. and is so intimidating but everybody in this movie is intimidating no matter size regina king's probably five five Treacherous Trudy is badass. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, that one guy. I don't know his name, but the one Buck Gang member who's the beefy guy. Mark Henry right. with the salt and pepper beard. Oh, that man. Was a bad the fists. Dude. He's oh, a bad that's man. That's a cool guy. That's a cool shaped guy. Mm-hmm. Big blockhead, big square beard, and a big square refrigerator body. <laughs> cool gang member. When that's like the sixth member of your gang, oh, right. what a crop. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this gang, man. That's a deep bench. Deep bench in the butt in the mm. in the Roscoe Butt Gang. We also get like the Crimson Hood Gang. Man, it feels real Walter Hill too. We get all these great West gangs mm. like the Warriors. I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the old every time every, baseball yeah. furies come up, it's a developing sport. <laughs> <laughs> the old timey baseball the Crimson furies. Hoods, but they've been at it a while, so their hoods are a little pink. That was great. Great. And yeah, like you said, a lot of gun deaths, a lot of headshots, a lot of people getting shot through the eyeball. Oof. I mean, yeah, we just, <laughs> you get it all. You get all the good stuff. We're getting less and less. It's kind of a lot like of killing. All these, it's like all these things that we love are becoming kind of specialty genres. So we only get one or two of them every couple years, but then they've all been really good. You mm-hmm. get shit like Bone Tomahawk. That's <laughs> like, right. well, we got one Western this year, but holy shit. And that's kind of what we get now, but really he's kind of focused, and this is proof of that. It was, it was so surprising to me, though, just because, like, I, I guess I just feel like Netflix-produced stuff is going to just be yeah a little bit tamer. Like, you know, no, Netflix, man. they're trying to appeal to this wide oh, Dude, Netflix is audience, all appealing to right? these, like, boomers that love true crime shit, and they're mm. getting—all people love is murder now. I— I remember when my mom didn't like violence in in R-rated movies back in the 90s. But now she inhales all that stuff like Game of Thrones and Sopranos. And like, you know, Game of Thrones had some of the most violent stuff ever. And people just 60, 70-year-olds are just watching it because it's (laughs) prestige TV now. 
Now that right. they've watched Breaking Bad and all this stuff, they're in. They, I took them to Nobody earlier this year. There's some violence in Nobody. They were cool. They sure. were totally cool. And they, my they, mom would have like walked out and sat in the lobby in the 90s. Mm-hmm. This, they finally got changed, desensitized. Man, they're desensitized at this yeah. point. Shit's violent, and violence is going to rain. And when it's this level of indie violence, stuff like Dragged Across Concrete, Bone Tomahawk, you know, that director. Yeah. It's that kind of violence that's not Eli Roth gore heavy. It just feels too real. Mm. And there's a lot of real, like... It's this stylish, like, gunshot, like you're almost like Prince as a gunslinger sometimes. But again, a lot of eyeball shooting. <laughs> so that's always going to read violent. A lot of people getting their teeth knocked out in pulpy, bloody messes. And yeah, yeah. A lot of, the, yeah, like pistol like whipping. visceral kind of violence. Stuff. Yeah, pistol whipping into a guy's throat and his mouth. Like, oh, man. Or just like, yeah, the, the way the gunshots just echo in this movie, like... I There's, jumped a couple times. <laughs> yeah, this movie made my legs bounce. There's a several scene, times. Yeah, when when uh, Buck and the gang get into Redwood City and basically take it over, and then yeah, go like after they swagger into town. Yeah, and then they they essentially go like, uh, "You have to pay us fifty thousand dollars, or else we're just gonna let the government come take this <laughs> yeah. town, anyways." Yeah, they want to work with them, but yeah. at a steep, steep cost. Yeah, and one guy's like, well, I just won't do it. I just won't pay it. <laughs> and like the classic, like, well, I just won't do it. And he walks Maybe up. I'll come back to this town someday when <laughs> Roscoe Buck is gone. But yeah, once yeah, when Buck shoots that guy, I was like, ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I, yeah, I bounced in my seat a couple different times. It was like a jump scare because yeah. people were getting shot unexpectedly. All the way through. A lot of death. Yeah. And a lot of times where, you know, a character will be acting out. Uh, you don't know if they're going to be negotiating this person's life or it's going to be a just instant death. Because anything can happen. There's people just getting shot out of nowhere or working out a long monologue before <laughs> a eventual, well, I'm going to let you go this time. Mm-hmm. But it shows so many different moments of people getting killed, drop of the hat, that every second of this movie... I'm thinking any character could go. Nobody felt safe mm-hmm. in this movie and established so many people as main characters right. that any death was already going to feel huge. I got very connected to 10 different people very quick. I thought Zazie Beetz was going to die. I was sure. like, for, for, so for some reason, <laughs> Nat Love and the gang, including Sheriff Delroy Lindo oh, God. and Zazie Bass and Reeves, U.S. Marshal, the other guys, they, they decided they're going to go get him they're gonna go get buck but the plan well, like somehow Buck's is... the man that killed his parents yeah yeah and he's been picking off every other member of this gang roscoe buck was in job. jail for life mm-hmm. but he got pardoned because even though he's bad he agreed to take down this corrupt soldier who you know raped and pillaged a town for silver it's this great western story man this great dog days civil war mm-hmm. fake western that oh i loved it this roscoe buck worst villain in the west released unexpectedly from jail starting his operation all over the gangs are assembling for roscoe buck <laughs> that's cool shit and nat love was you know the man with the scorpion tattoo was the last on his checklist of vengeance now he can finally you know stop this outlaw life until the biggest outlaw in his life history is back on the streets 
Right. I love it. But Classic. for some reason, the plan is uh, send Zazzy Beats in first to make a deal, <laughs> which they immediately don't accept, and then they beat the shit out of them for a while. <laughs> you know, I mean, bargaining is, is bar. You got to take risks. They went for it. It's a market. Yeah. But <laughs> we we get to know these characters so much that, that I bit at all of these different consequences. Like I said, when it felt like any one of these people could die. Mm-hmm. We get great confrontations and great builds. And the movie doesn't explode when you think it's going to explode. You know, we get a Jim and Cherokee Bill showdown that we think is going to play out. And we keep getting teases of these different showdowns that are coming. And others are played with a slow hand. And Yeah, yeah. The way it builds to its different conclusions and kind of forms these different relationships. Uh, I really got involved with both of the gangs. We really got a lot of great one-on-one scenes with a lot of different combinations within these gangs. Mm. For a two-hour movie, it felt really tightly constructed. So you're learning about all these people as you need to learn about them, and you're piecing all this together. You get these great scenes like Regina King with Idris Elba. She's kind of cleaning him up. Mm -hmm. And you're getting the sense of this power dynamic, but also this kind of special bond between two crooks right two crooks with a vision right right and you're getting into this history between uh nat love and and zaze beats you know steamboat marrying learn about their history first as a gang and then as lovers and then as this kind of power couple but he was too fixated on vengeance <laughs> it's great you get his the other members all, of his it, it gang and how classic, he relates right? to his yeah. former members of the gang and yeah yeah how the they know the other members in the crimson hood gang and god damn this the way they spider web this through in while keeping such a dynamite style mm. very cool very nicely layered but with a lot of flash on top of it like i said we had this whole shootout and it does this great slow-mo where he's practically doing like a a prince like behind his back guitar <laughs> solo to shoot a guy around a horse yeah and <laughs> just really it but like just really entertaining yeah. fun stuff to watch real not only was the blood pulpy but yeah like the subject matter was really pulpy yeah you know it had that walter hill pulp vibe to it but with great use of modern touch and man also with some that kind of shocking realism that you see in movies like Bone Tomahawk and In a Valley of Violence, like when there is a big shootout between gangs and a man shoots through his horse oh, yeah. for, for cover, which makes a lot of sense, actually, but is tough to watch. They clearly used a dummy horse. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, guy's yeah. Hide, hiding behind like a wooden felt horse <laughs> on the ground, you know. But the squib's coming off that horse carcass. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. The idea of if you're caught in a firefight and you're packed behind this giant animal, yeah, man, shoot that thing in the head and get behind it. Like if you're out in the middle of a valley, it makes sense when you're in a kill or be killed situation. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen it. It's always shocking to me in those old westerns when a guy... Uh, like crashes a horse. Yeah, yeah. When he's riding a horse and just does a full tumble with a horse. Because you know those are real horses. Because that's a horse, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've seen horses, like, die <laughs> in movies, basically. It never gets not shocking for me. It's never easy to see. And even faked it well, it's still, like, another thing. The gunshot is right in your face. Mm-hmm. And the horse is dying towards camera. <laughs> This guy films James Samuel. This is the first movie he's directed. 
Yeah. This guy is a musician. Okay. He's his older brother is Seal. What? Yeah. This is Seal's baby brother. Holy shit. This guy is like a How is a... Seal not in this movie? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> He's got the cool scars. Seal would be amazing in this movie as like a British guy who comes into Dude, town or something. With the oh, the cool scars on his face. Oh. Man. That that's I wouldn't want to see like Kiss from a Rose Seal <laughs> entrance, but gritty villain Seal. Oh yeah, I want to see. We're just on this. playing poker at a table. Maybe we missed him. Maybe yeah. Maybe I was on the cutting room floor. But James <laughs> Samuel, he made a short film in 2013 using pretty much every character that's in this movie, mm. but with a different, super cool all black cast. <laughs> Yo, know, this cast has ten perfectly cast legends. That one had. You know, Michael Kenneth Williams, Rosario yeah. Dawson, Isaiah Washington, Bokeem Woodbine. Like, also, also completely cool. different, completely kick-ass cast. Also is these characters. And other than that, he, was, he does music stuff. He did the music mm. in, you know, Great Gatsby. That's where he met Jay-Z. And this is like one of those cool. cool things. 2021, I think why it's gotten so into our veins is... So many more movies that wouldn't have gotten played in a theater <laughs> without COVID. Right. We're getting to see in a theater from super low budget ones like that one with Danny Trejo. Oh, we yeah. got to see <laughs> Murder in the Woods. Whew. We got to see that in a theater. That played in a the theater. But now we're getting to see The Harder They Fall, which would not have been a theatrical movie. Flat out. Would have only been Netflix. Right, right. And or like like with the Irishman, like out for a day. Out and for a half one day in L.A. So or some, you know, Oscar SF nomination. Exactly. Or right. Yeah. And we are getting access. to... I don't know if Pig would have been a movie that played mm-hmm. for four weeks in several theaters around here. Titan. These movies are getting featured a lot more than they used to, and we always talk about that '70s vibe when a studio would give a filmmaker a million dollars. Mm -hmm. was not huge, but was huge to that filmmaker. And they would get to make a mostly unsupervised movie. And that's why you got a lot of failures, but a lot of unique special failures. Mm. And some really incredible stuff. You know, that five easy pieces kind of. Right, Here's a million, make this movie however you want to make it, and we'll see how it does. And so many special movies from that era. We're getting those movies now. This is a movie like that. Where you get to luckily hook up with Jay-Z and sell him on your, you know, Civil War all-black western. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And manage to make it strongly musical without making it Hamilton. You know, I without know making it like, we're going to have them sing the very important scenes in this movie. Yet it's a movie that integrates music perfectly. Yeah, just the 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 way. Yeah, it walks a fine line. Uh, I feel like between being very classic or being a kind of a classic spaghetti western feel, mm-hmm. and then just feeling very modern, like the 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 fast gun Jim. Yeah, talks in just the most modern twenty first century kind of vernacular. I like the things that it chooses and, to use as anachronisms. Right, and it's got yeah, it's got a, a bit of a hip hop vibe, but also when they're singing in the saloon, it sounds like an actual. Yeah, it's like this old blues old-timey standard, this song old railroad blues standard yeah. that so this it, movie yeah. kept threatening to veer into actual musical, <laughs> and the way it kept skirting that was really cool. It even at one point, Nat yeah, Love yeah. even addresses 
the viewer directly. That's one right. of those things. Like sings to the viewer Singing clearly. A song. So they really toe that line between making this a musical, and I like the. Uh, I guess the guy did the music for Great Gatsby, mm-hmm, one of those mm-hmm. lavish modern theatrical musicals. So he's a musician first, director second, and God, I love his vision for this. Yeah, it definitely it. is like someone's vision. Yes. That's what I love about it. And that's, I think, what was so frustrating about like the Halloween Kills was that this felt like <laughs> something that a group of people weighed in on. Yeah. And it, the to, way- to see some kind of singular, consistent vision throughout the movie. This like felt I like said, this big story that this guy wanted to tell. Walks that line so much of having the colorfulness of the costuming and the sets and having that one scene where they rob a bank in the all-white town. <laughs> in Maysville. Mayosville. It's a white town. It's a white town. And it's white sand, white paint white on everything. White painted buildings. White clothes. White all that faces everywhere. Could have been so goofy. Yeah. And could have taken you out of it. And I feel like plunges you even deeper <laughs> into kind of this alternate universe western that you're in. Yeah, man. And it... But it's it works so much like, more satisfying it's so consistent than a, with its own vision that you never feel like it's just trying things or like a, just yeah. doing whatever. The way it chooses to be anachronistic is really solid. And that's the kind of when when I compare it to a Tarantino movie and say it's not in a derivative way, it has that same spirit of Tarantino is the guy that really feels like he gets to make his movies. And they feel like a universe. Yeah, of, they feel like a universe. He, we can tell, you know, Wes Anderson is a guy that just gets to make his movies. Right, right. Nobody's telling Wes Anderson, change this guy's turtleneck from that puce to this almond color, you know. Right. And He's they're, not, making and they're his also Wes not Anderson asking him movie. to make Marvel movies. Right. In Tarantino, you're seeing a Tarantino movie. This feels like I'm seeing a James Samuel movie. Mm. You know, these, he has... When you're watching a Tarantino movie and you're enjoying, you know, or kind of like looking at each other at certain Tarantino dialogue, you know it's his dialogue that he wanted to get in there and be said this specific way. Because mm-hmm. we know who he is. <laughs> this movie. Y'all know Y'all who, who I know am. who he is. <laughs> y'all know what he does. <laughs> and this movie had that, where you could tell this dialogue was written and was written enjoyably. But it felt so right from all the people saying it. All the jokes landed. All the things like uh, Trudy cutting off a man right after the first letter of a hard N. Yeah, yeah. And Lakeith Stanfield's driest, like, he could have been saying nincompoop. (laughs) And her, man, that great, we ain't no nincompoop. That's perfect. Perfect. You know that guy thought up that line. And it could have gone dumb. And Lakeith and Regina King just knew exactly what their characters were feeling. And every line felt perfect for their character. Right. Every moment that could have been hammy. And there was a lot of potential ham in this movie. This is a monologue filled, looking off into the stars, talking at length while you're waiting to murder a man movie. Yeah, the the very end feels... uh, (laughs) That was a little bit long? The very end where Idris Elba kind of has, seems to have more of a death wish... Or seems to be yeah. resigned to a fate at the end. I was yeah, like, yeah. Mm. but I like the twist that they give you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I like the more we learn about these people. I wouldn't learn in these that acting ending is, moments. That ending's a little on the ham. A <laughs> but little. This movie has ham, and it kind of yeah. leans into that ham, and it trusts the actors with these lines, and I think they really all stick them. Uh, it makes these people as they start 
as the plot gets heavier and as the stakes get higher and as people get more desperate and the body count gets body count gets crazy. Well, the final shootout's got to be what 20 minutes long it feels like. 20 minutes long. It yeah. is it is just People are coming out of the woodwork to get shot in yeah, whereas, two seconds. Li- a literal Crimson Hood gang shows up after the shootout's done just so they can also get shot Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, They shoot up a couple <laughs> f- couple fence posts, take out a couple of uh, barrels, yeah. and then just get laid waste to. Just like, eh, we a couple need of a their horses probably get shot more guys. for good, uh, yeah, good exactly. measure. But when Roll I'm watching two this... different wagons. So go and find also in a valley of violence which you and i talked at length about which we're both in love with Mm. and when we get to redwood city this town that the buck gang is both trying to save and seems to have a legitimate vision but also one of those like corrupted batman villain visions for a town like no everybody will live fine he he basically wants to own it be in charge of everything (laughs) you know it's one of those perverted versions of of uh, paradise that a few people believe in a little bit of a cult vibe to it, but I mean, kind of like a Tony Soprano, like yeah, but also uh, yeah, wet your beak. Uh, we're running this town now, and things could go smoothly, and yeah. you could prosper. Yeah, or, yeah. and when we watched in a Valley of Violence, which was more of a focused character piece, we got down to a, like very few characters very quick mm-hmm. in the movie. It was very specific revenge. This movie keeps kind of adding more and more people to it. And that's what made me go on this deep dive of the casting director, Victoria Thomas, hmm. who I these people work, you know, mostly uncredited. I don't even know if there's a casting Oscar. I think we've talked about this before. Right. I don't. Yeah. Exactly. How that should be a thing because a movie rides or dies a lot of the time on the ability of the cast to portray these people. This woman started with Repo Man. Oh, that damn. was her first movie. Did stuff like Walker, another great anachronistic, old, mm. weird Western by the maker of Repo Man. And moved into stuff like Ed Wood, Edward Scissorhands, Bram Stoker's Dracula. In this decade, did Django Unchained, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Movies with big, kind of cool, sweeping casts. This woman has an eye. That's awesome. I don't know if this thing is celebrated in official awards, sir, if there's some casting director's guild of America that gives these things, but, you know, it's enough to appreciate the cinematographers or the sound designers. Yeah, yeah, But a casting director like this, this is a flawless casting job when you're fleshing out a whole town of Redwood City. Great looks, great costuming, great Mm -hmm. faces. For a town that I immediately recognized as the same from In a Valley of Violence... The changes they made, the additions they made, the big Trudy saloon that they added, the nice church right, at right, the edge right. of, end of town that the Buck Gang got to congregate in front of. Great looking Western town. And the siege of West- Redwood City, which is pretty much the third act of this movie, mm-hmm. is dynamite, man. This is some of the literally. best. Literally, man. This is some of the best peck and paw, squib filled dynamite. Siege finale shootouts I've seen in a western. Just Delroy Lindo on God mode. Just (laughs) Delroy Lindo behind him, knowing the guy's gonna be in the window. Just you you know, you know what he does. Delroy Lindo, (laughs) man, he gets to drop the best. It rivals (laughs) almost like the Matrix. Like he just knows when everyone comes into town. Doesn't have to look at when he walks into the bar the first time. First black U.S. marshal in history. Cool name like Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves is a cool name. That's a cool name. 
Oh man, that's like uh, in Rolling Thunder, automatic slim. <laughs> like automatic slim walks into my saloon. It's like you hear that little bar stool scoot out. Like, <laughs> like place goes quiet. You know. <laughs> Oh, shit, Automatic Slim's in town? We do get a great Nat Love, early in the movie, Nat Love uh, riding his horse into town under un, into darkness. Yeah, yeah. Torchlight and stuff. Classic shot. With just the biggest with blunt the, sticking his, out of his mouth. Yeah, man, big old blunt. <laughs> great, great cigarette smoking in this movie yeah, from, yeah. from Nat, man. You know, old Nat Love had to roll his own. And <laughs> we've been to online's getting, every couple months, people appreciate on Twitter, like Elliot Gould and the Long Goodbye, because mm. he's got that loosened, you know, tie, cigarette dangle, uh, great curly hair. But Nat loves cigarette lip dangle, pretty good, pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he he nails it in this movie. Yeah, big blunt, that great old spaghetti western cloak over your face kind of look. Love good cloak over one eye, mm. riding into town scene. This is a man, James Samuel, clearly loves Westerns, but clearly had his vision for what a Western could be. And this just feels like a man getting to implement his vision. I love it. And that final shootout, damn. That's, the deaths start happening quick. Yeah, yeah. The characters start, the major characters start piling up fast. But they're all somehow a surprise. Mm-hmm. I I expect like there's ones that I expect to die. There's ones I expect not to die, and they're both they're all wrong. It just keeps stringing along and goes into this. Yeah, like you said, Delroy Lindo in God mode. Oh <laughs> my God, he drops. I think it all. I think it stands up with Robert Shaw and Jaws doing a. Y'all know who I am. His entrance. He says the line. Yeah, yeah. He says it. Y'all know what I do. Oh, get to say that to a room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, with two guns out. Yeah, man. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy who... Uh, but again, like, it could have been corny and re- and just like, uh-huh. It's like... But still, tr- Roy Lindo delivering. Putting, putting... Perfect. The combination line of, y'all know who I am, y'all know what I do, in a movie, word for word, is like... In a horror movie, if you hear, like, it's coming from inside the house. Right. And they're like, man, they nailed it. Like, if they, if it doesn't sound like anything other than that thing from all the other movies. and uh, you <laughs> We've know, got company. Yeah, it's like, it's like somebody writing into their movie in 2021, I'm walking here. And it, <laughs> but it being good yeah, yeah. in the movie. <laughs> for Delroy Lindo to effortlessly pull off a... Uh, Y'all know what I do. <laughs> to a bar, to a tough-looking saloon, too. Tough house. You know, not quite roadhouse-style tough, but Cuffy's pretty good doorman. Cuffy's good. Cuffy's good. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Yeah. But Delroy Lindo is one of those... I love when a 60-plus-year-old guy goes on another tear. He's yeah, always yeah. good. The old badass dude. You know, Delroy Lindo being awesome is no secret. Yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. always awesome. But... Defi- Five Bloods was one of those like, oh, he's actually finally getting like mainstream award. No, you know that kind of attention, mm-hmm. awesome. And it's great when it happens to like an older guy, you know, Forster type. And this is another thing. I watch this movie and just think too many of them should be getting acting awards for this because it's so good. Yeah. It can go so wrong, yet it's such a scene through vision from. The dialogue to set pieces like the town of Maysville, 
the white town. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the Nat Love bank robbery in Mayo'sville. <laughs> Come on. We get train robberies, we get bank robberies, we get horse death. It <laughs> has it all. Just yep. like your favorite 50s westerns that murdered horses, it brings that back. You get Zazzy in the tightest corset. Man, the side of the Yeah, that was squeezing her up. <laughs> I love Regina King's gear, though. I love those mm-hmm. dresses. Nat Love, uh, Jonathan Majors, he gets on a horse so cool that I was watching it going, I bet I could get on a horse like that. Oh, I, was, I, I literally thought horse, I could never do that. But I was watching it going, yeah, all right, plant my legs. So it made me want to get on a horse. Yeah. Everybody in this movie looked <laughs> so cool on a horse. Everybody, That's, I totally was thinking the exact opposite. What? As, as he's no, but, oh, you're no, no, thinking no. you for myself certainly be certain death. Like, yeah. As he's getting, yeah, there's a few. There's a scene <laughs> where he like gets on a horse, rides it, and gets off at the same time. A, I was like, that's got to be a stunt man because that was crazy. But great, then it was like, but then it was like, I could never like that. I could train for three months, and I probably wouldn't be able to. Horses do that. scare the life out of me. Horses are it's crazy, just giant beings. Also, like seeing Jonathan Majors. Tied up, shirtless, sexy. I'm just like, <laughs> how do people have bodies like that? Yeah, man, it is crazy to me. John Majors worked out for this film. It's crazy. <laughs> Side of beef, <laughs> carved up. The guy's punching him, right? I'm like, I don't think he's hurting him because <laughs> yeah. he's just hitting muscle. That he's was just hitting great, like a like... tight six pack the whole time. Like they're trying to beat him up to intimidate him. I was like, I don't think it's working. We get that great. <laughs> That great giallo, you know, that deep spaghetti western villain of, uh, yeah, when he's getting beat up, these guys can just take insane amounts of punishment and kind of wipe the blood off the edge of their mouth and spit spit out a tooth. Spit out the blood in the tooth, yeah. You got a lot of tooth spitting. (laughs) But yeah, you get a carved up majors getting beat up in the ribs by Mark Henry doing... Love that guy. But it's like, I don't Beefiest think he's doing any damage. Up his and just, <laughs> just pounding left, rights into every ab. Yeah. Guy wow. just spits out blood once and then uh, takes it in stride. Yeah, you get some guys surviving some flesh wounds. You get people <laughs> yeah. getting shot through the shoulder and still finishing their quest. Yep. That happens. Yeah, just riding off, no infection I, or anything to worry about. I don't. <laughs> I'm. You know, That's give me, you give me nothing that, but headshots, right? man. Yeah, Dilroy yeah. Lindo was going through this movie like that old a sharpshooter video game at the oh. arcade, the one that was on Laserdisc with the where you're shooting bandits off of buildings, you know? Totally. There, he actually does shoot a guy that then tumbles out a window down a roof. At some points, it feels like a really cool like Pirates of the Caribbean kind of ride mm. with Delroy Lindo just spinning around town, just <laughs> doing gun tricks. You get a great back-to-back majors and Zazzy beats, like pushing off each other's backs while they're firing this crazy John Wick Western. Right, right. Lakeith Stanfield has this great reaction throughout the whole thing. Like, uh, he's so cool that so instead cool. of, like, even though there's 14 different people with different vantage points firing bullets into just heads, Lakeith Stanfield kind of acts like he's being swarmed by at most two bees. <laughs> he's kind of just waving a hand around just being like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and kind of, like, getting under a, an eave. <laughs> like getting yeah, yeah. behind a barrel, just like shit, <laughs> waving a hand. Like, man, this guy is kind of just acting like he got mud on his boots instead of them being like 13 bullets flying past his windows, shattering next to his head. Crazy violence happening in this scene. The orchestration of the violence is great. Mm. We get a 
shootout on a train car with bodies getting blown out while Idris Elba does a runway walk (laughs) down the length of a train car wearing his full cool-ass prison suit. Yeah. Man, what a a classic icon, man. In time to the music. Mm -hmm. It also... All right. So I actually... How'd you like Baby Driver? Uh, I liked it. Baby Driver was... You know, it was fine. Really going out of its, its way to make the sound effects and the music match up exactly with what the people in the movie right. were doing. That was kind of like the selling point of the that movie. That was the whole I think. point of the movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. Look and that, it dude. was impressive, but also at times kind of abrasive. And they, Samuel did that a lot. You can, Some of this music is just timed out to the action in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The timing is just too accurate. And it manages to ride that line for me where you're seeing this kind of, you know, cool blue jeans commercial at times Mm -hmm. with Idris Elba walking straight towards the camera while soldiers are getting shot (laughs) from one side of the train car to the other by the rest of the butt gang. And he's walking straight through the the gunfire, the, the coolest cucumber out there. And it managed to nail all of these things. These that could be video game corny, you yeah. know, it could come off like you're making a dumb uh, Paul W.S. Anderson kind of. Could, no, could have gone. Looks real. Could have gone malignant level of like ridiculous of action. 1999 CGI yeah. level. Or just like the overkill violence. kind of feeling. Because yeah. there's definitely, yeah. Like I said, when they have the entire town shootout between the Nat Love gang and the, and the Buck gang. Yeah. And then after, seemingly after that's done, an entirely third gang rides in just to then get massacred. It was like, I, I think we've got to cut it's really, a couple it's of minutes that, here. That's one of those like... But it's good. Where Redwood City is kind of like Mordor, Mordor, where it's like, and now the people from the north are coming. Like the right. new, it's like the, the royal, the royal rumble is yeah. just like a new entrant is coming in. And it's like, yeah, we, the, I do like the the late return. I I like the late kip up of a villain only to get shot. Yeah, yeah. You get the Damon Wayans who Damon Wayans Jr. I like. Yeah. That great Scorsese vibe that Samuel did of casting comedic actors as like two to three scene parts, like Dean Cole. Is a very funny actor, mm. uh, playing Wiley Esco. Who so- oh yeah, yeah, who yeah. Who sold yeah. out Redwood City for a house and some gold teeth and a badge? Pretty good. Got your priorities in he's order. Good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's a funny, funny dude. I've never seen him in a hard, kind of sicker, grisly drama. Okay, cool. And he got that. Gr- he gets one of those great, well-written fake uh, bully confrontations, where yeah. he is just. Got this mouthful of crooked but cool gold teeth, eating the bloodiest steak, just, just the stringiest this meat thing. you've ever seen, just squeaking it through his fake teeth. Yeah, talking down to Roscoe Buck in ways that men have been killed for less. Mm-hmm. But of course, the great reveal that he's just practicing. He's is, just yeah oh, talking to himself. I love that trope and. Dean Cole's so good at it. Dean Cole is great at taking a painful ass beating. <laughs> Had to be. Dean Cole is he's just a great addition. And then, you know, you get these smaller little parts played by cool actors out of what they out of their normal comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that when a director takes that kind of chance. It adds to a legitimacy of a movie for me. 
And that's what this feels like, man. Just legitimate. That shootout felt classic Western. A lot of headshots, mm-hmm. a lot of sharpshooters, mm-hmm. but these people are good. These are the last you of the gangs, man. You to gotta be. In the these West. are the survivors here. Yeah, yeah. And we also get some of the best camera work in a movie with mm. some impressive shots. That shot from Idris Elba's second floor window through the entire mm. length of the town of Redwood City. Stopping on the zoomed-in shot of Nat Love, that's one of the best shots I've seen in a movie. Hmm. That's a masterful shot. I thought it was a drone shot, but it stops so hard on Nat Love on this great off-center shot that holds. While a lot of great face acting Hmm. from majors in this movie. And that's just the shot. Beautiful shot. But not only, we've talked a lot about the dialogue. But the face acting, um, Zazie Beetz pretty much doesn't speak for the last for a good thirty minute stretch of this movie. Mm-hmm. She's just being held captive and being shoved around by Regina King. Love their interactions, by the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of their best stuff in the movie is between themselves. But you just get her reactions, and she's got such a great face to look at. <laughs> she uh, there's a point at the end where she's being held held captive, and they're and they're going to trade money for her. Yeah. Before the whole big shootout starts. And uh, so they bring her out to show that she's there. And, bring her out in the street, yeah. And the guy, one of the guys holding her kind of nudges her with the gun, maybe. <laughs> yeah. She gives she this guy shoot. the, come on, man, she look. She shoots him this look that's... It not- was so funny. It was just like this, like, really? You're gonna, <laughs> really? All right, thanks. She looked at him like he was an extra that went too far. Exactly, yeah. She, like, hit, hit her in the ribs too hard, and she looked over with this... Kind of this, like, really? this, yeah. like, seriously? <laughs> like, it's Tuesday. Yeah. What are you doing, man? Hey, man they, not, got the, they got the money, I'm asshole. I'm walking here. Like, that's what, that's what you put it in. Yeah. She just reacts for 30 minutes of this movie, but I love looking at her face. You talked about these people coming into these this movie at the top of their game. You got the guy, you know, Major's coming yeah. off Lovecraft Country. Lucky Stanfield's been nothing but hits. Right. Ever since Get Out. For, yeah, four years now. You know, nothing but awesome stuff. Delroy Lindo's not been hotter mm-hmm. in, you know, his whole career. He's getting premium. Sounds like Beats was the lead female in Joker. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2. Stuff. Atlanta is so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, these. this is a bunch of hot, and Regina King is also nothing but his. Did so you ever watch the, the Watchmen HBO yeah, yeah, yeah. series that she was in? Sure. So good. These people are all riding yeah. career Idris waves. Idris Elba, Elba's on been on a wave for like thirteen years just, now. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it's just people you want to look not at. Stunt casting, right? <laughs> it's these people that yeah, I want to look at. I love seeing these reactions. Yeah. I love this movie relies heavily on close ups, and I love seeing these people up close. Lakeith Stanfield, I think, man, when I'm trying to pick a standout in this movie. Almost mm. impossible. But his brand of calm overconfidence, the way he kind of talks down to people is is like a really good like internet troll who is kind of responding with dumb shit, but you don't <laughs> know how to respond back without sounding just as dumb. You're like, I don't know how to resolve this without looking like an idiot. Right. He has this way of just cutting people down and being, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad about this right now. 
but you're getting mad and you're just like this fucking guy exactly and he's able to pull it off so well where you don't know if it's bullshit or, or he like because he has this kind of reputation for shooting people in the back or mm-hmm. you don't know if that's true and he doesn't look phased by the accusations he like eye rolls him just like yeah well that's about, what the haters say i guess he's, yeah he has a line like it's about who's alive and who's dead yeah. It's not about who's the fastest. <laughs> yeah. You know? This ain't some quick draw fastest in the wet. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. The way he seems like he's spouting, you know, Dr. Bullshit MD, while also seeming like, oh, this guy, this guy feels like he's backing it up. I don't know if he's going to exactly. back it up, but this feels like a guy I don't want to test. Like I said, that uh, sinister quality he has. Right. While being, you know, a tall, skinny guy. But also that confidence man quality. Man. A of, lot of good of, con man quality uh, in Because this. it seems like, yeah, it seems like 90% of surviving in the Old West was convincing the other guy that you were more <laughs> badass than yeah. he was. Y'all man. know who I am. You, Y'all know what I do. I think we've both covered just... In the original movie, Westworld, there's all those people that, you know, want to go to the wild west town. That's just my nightmare. That sounds like the last era that I would want to to visit. Just a lot of dick swinging Just assholes. Everybody gotta constantly be on your toes. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You never know who's gonna have your back. Oh my gosh! Can't even play a round of cards without some asshole some trying guy to shoot you a up. Gun under the table on you. Yeah. Sounds awful. The whole time you're just hot and dirty and Rock has like have cirrhosis and chapped <laughs> lips. Right. It sounds awful to me. It oh, sounds the, terrible. The venereal diseases you would oh have in the gosh. Old West with these whores. Just the idea <laughs> of prostitutes sounds terrible. Because everybody just... I imagine everybody just smelling bed. so bad in oh. every moment of these movies. The Wild West is the last place I would want to be. Right. Yet I love watching it on a big screen. My God, I love looking at it. Right. And Just don't want to smell it. Yeah, exactly. I just love this Redwood City. Redwood City gets fucked up. <laughs> this town is gonna need a whole remodel, and yeah, I was thinking about that. How like you know, it was like clearly it's a set that gets reused for different yeah, productions, yeah. like we were saying. It's, so it's like a spawn ranch kind of thing. But yeah, when they when they're like blowing out windows of the saloon <laughs> and just like exploding this is a whole front dynamite. parlor that got dynamited yeah. out, man. I'm just like. That, that made me think of that <laughs> Simpsons episode where they're just breaking through the house yeah. in the production. Like, who's who's paying for it? Like, we're gonna need to take this whole wall down. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! But yeah, they yeah they lay ruin to a lot this of that town. town. Gets messed. Whoever up, whoever's man. inheriting the next production is gonna have <laughs> yeah, some work to they do. Got some cleanup. <laughs> and uh, it's just when it's hitting all these moments that have been done before, like the train robberies and the approach and train on horseback and the gang getting back together moments. I love a good gang getting back together. Oh, for moment. Sure. Yeah. A good gang reuniting one last job must feel good before, <laughs> before, before like most of you die. Like it feels good to like, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're riding into town. We got this. And that whole final plan, that shootout. I thought it was a great finale. It is a long movie. I get that. It's a two hour and 15 minute movie, but it also felt like the guy getting to make his movie. And I Mm -hmm. love that he got to leave in the monologues he wanted to leave in the reveals that he wanted to keep in. And it hit me. This movie hit me. This, I was in love with it. And I love that, uh, this vision of the West, a different West than we get to see a vision of. 
I think it's great. I think it is, as I sit from here, my favorite movie of the year. I think it's the best movie of the year. I think if it's still somehow getting a wider release, maybe it'll get one of those Mandy kind of things where a film does catch on to the degree that they see profit in giving it a wide release. That's our only hope right now, I feel. Hopefully it does well on on the flicks. On Netflix... It's you know, out now. It could be one of those also, like I said, it could it could vanish, but it could be the one where a million people watch it. Yeah, it could be on one of those first weekend knockouts and I think it's it got, could I, be a lightning rod. It could get yeah. wrong unnecessary uh inappropriate attention. It could get awards kind of attention. Uh I know the critics uh the earlier reviews are really high mm-hmm. and the audience scores are really high. I think mean, it's there's, good. There's a reason uh I'm I hype this up. Yeah. Probably for ten days straight talking to you. Yeah, yeah. It kicks Wanting ass. to see this movie. This with movie you. kicks ass. This <laughs> yeah. movie goes hard. It gives you the blood and guts. It gives you the the great. I'd give. I, I bet my left arm gag, and then the guy's arm gets blown <laughs> gets off. His arm blown. You get all that up. stuff. Yeah. It's just fucking. You fun get those as hell. payoffs like a like Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies. You get stuff right, right, like right. that, but you also get some real blood and guts and real shit that these people went through. And uh, you get the reason why they're choosing this path in life. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are trying to get out of it. And the ones that are just surviving. It handles the moments of levity really well. It handles the moments of loss. Uh, either makes them scary or makes them resonate. It felt like big moments when people in the, the love gang get picked off. Mm-hmm. All those deaths felt big. All of them were shocking. All of them made me literally jump, partly because of the super precise sound effects editing. Yeah. Uh, and the theater being empty, I guess. <laughs> Just right. you and me. Just ricocheting off the And walls. Uh, hearing every sound. Jesus Christ. But yeah, this movie was just so... Just a vacuum for my eyes, man. I think I leaned over 20 minutes in, just like, this kicks ass, right? <laughs> how, how are you, like, how could you not be into this? Right, right, exactly. Anybody just getting ginned up about thinking it's some race-specific casting, you know just didn't watch this movie. Because this is not about that. This is just a cool movie. This is a great Western. There's also a lot of white people Westerns you can go watch. There's plenty. If you really yeah. want to. If you can find me a white person <laughs> Western, I'll watch it. Go nuts. Yeah, <laughs> find me uh, Natalie Wood doing That's, like yeah. Indian face in yeah. Searchers. You know? <laughs> yeah, like uh, exactly. Look, I love legitimate Indian casting. I loved F Troop <laughs> and all of their well, mostly Jewish looking Indian cast. But yes, no, exactly. We've gotten all of this in we other get, westerns. Yeah, exactly. We get this is not stunt casting in any way. This is a great cast. This is a cast that, crazy enough, went through a ton of changes because of the pandemic. Mm. This movie was not finished before the pandemic. It was about to film. So there were guys, Wesley Snipes, uh, was going to be in this, like some big names, because apparently James Samuel knows every cool black actor in Hollywood ever. I don't know who Wesley Snipes would have played. He's way older than Idris Elba, but way younger than Delroy Lindo. Yeah. Too old to be... Nat Love. So I don't know where Snipes fit into this, but mm. this is a production that survived a pandemic. <laughs> People wanted to make this movie so bad. His short film came out eight years ago. You get the sense that this guy is a Cassavetes type working, so he gets to finally make his movie. And, man. 
It was worth it. He scripted this movie front, back, stuck the landing. See this movie. It came to this. There you go. It's out there. The harder they fall, watch it. Watch it. Watch it, it's people. That, it's one of those, yeah, it's like, if, if you're going to go like, oh, is it worth it? Two it's hours it. or whatever. It's worth it. Put it on. This is worth it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I've said this now four times this year, but I don't know what it's going to take <laughs> for me to love a movie more than I love The Heart of They Fall this year. This is a great year for movies. The movies really are back. What's coming up? There's got to be more coming up, right? I mean... I, it's going to be probably the, another see eight next. things that are better than The Heart of They Fall <laughs> at the rate we're going, man. You never know. Came to this. It did come to this. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night.